Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we share our personal perspectives on questions about God, spirituality, and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Ryan Becker, your host. No matter who you are, we hope that you find value and encouragement through real discussions about real things. Let's jump in. Welcome to Echo, the podcast where we talk about faith and life questions that young adults are asking and wrestling with. And today is a big one, and I say that knowing that most of our topics end up being big ones, but um, this one is something that I've been, uh, I've particularly really struggled with, and it's something that I'm excited to talk about. And with me, I have two, um, two friends of mine that I also know are prone to get over-involved with things, and I say that in all of the love in the world, and saying that also as someone who also gets over-involved in things. And so... Um, our topic today is one that I think the three of us can can relate to pretty well. And so I'm joined by two good friends, Luke and Casey. And why don't we just introduce ourselves? So Luke, why don't you start? All right. So I'm Luke Kendall, and I'm a junior in the nursing program at Southern. Awesome. And then Casey? I am Casey Vaughn, and I'm a pastor here in the Charlotte area, and I'm an animal enthusiast. An animal enthusiast. I was listening to a stand-up comic. You you got you got lucky. Um, I was listening to a stand-up comic recently, and he was talking about how like um, when someone says they're an animal lover, he's like, no, no, you're not. It just means you you like you love dogs and most cats. Like that. It's literally, he's like, you're, you're not out there like owning a giraffe or an I elephant. Would if I could. Or... <laughs> Unfortunately, my apartment has rules. <laughs> Uh, I just, I just so the fact that you said animal enthusiast saves you You're from welcome. me roasting You're you welcome. over it. Um, I just wanted everyone to know where I was thinking, where I was would so have. So you gone. roasted me anyway. Yeah, basically. Okay. Okay. I yeah. wanted to roast you in my own unique way. Um, gotcha. So today we're talking about burnout in leadership in serving. Um, so this this is I think going to go across the board between. Um, both if you're just serving at church or in school or mm -hmm. wherever, and if you're actually leading as well, mm -hmm. um, there's there's a way to be over involved in both on both ends, whether you have authority or not. And for me, this has been a struggle. So earlier this year in 2019, I was diagnosed with ADHD, and I'm at 26, and never realized that I I thought about it over the last couple of years. But as a kid, there was no no one ever that that word never came up. Mm -hmm. You know, that was never never thought it would be a thing. I just thought it was normal. And then as it became more and more disruptive to me, I realized like maybe I do. And yeah, turns out I do. Well, one of the key things in ADHD, and now it makes sense as I look back on my life and go, wow, I was dumb. I should have known, um, was this idea that with, with ADHD, we tend to take on a lot of projects because ADHD people struggle to go deep on one thing, mm -hmm. but we're, well, we'll have a million different things up in the air. That's why, like, it, as a key symptom of ADHD in a child is that you'll see multiple, um, either multiple game consoles or multiple sporting, like, multiple uh, sports equipment for multiple sports. It's because they played one for a little bit, and when it got tough or took a lot of time, they moved on, they got bored with it and move on to the next one. And same deal. And so I've always been someone that's struggled to say no, and I've always been someone that just tries to do as much as possible all the time. And um, even as we speak, it's no different. Um, I have a million different things up in the air at any given moment. So I want to talk about burnout and, and kind of how do, how do I respond to burnout and what do I do with burnout? Not just me, obviously, but just how do we respond to burnout? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about burnout in, servant, in service or in leadership, what are you guys' thoughts initially on, on, on that? What, how do you respond to that? 
Like just the idea? Yeah, well, yeah, just the idea or if, if you know, when you've experienced burnout in your own life, like how, how did you respond or what were the things that led you there? For me, most of the burnout comes out, comes like is displayed through emotional burnout. Like I just kind of, I, I, I get to a point where I can't give anymore. And so emotionally, I just shut down. And I don't know if anyone's ever noticed, but as a leader, that's primarily what you have to do is you have to be able to be emotional with people. And so for me, I don't know. That's my experience. That's the first thing that goes. And I'm just like, look, I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to see people. I don't like people. And so that's usually a pretty strong indicator that I need to take some time and take a break. Imagine that happening in a world where Netflix like and just like just like zoning out into a Netflix show wasn't possible. I don't think I could. I don't think I, I think that's, that that's when they had books, right? I don't know what those as, are. As I have ADHD. <laughs> I have no idea what those are. He saw one one time. Um, <laughs> I think I found one. I love it. My even my Bible's on my phone. Come on now. Um, no, and Luke, what about you? Uh, I agree with that. When I get burnt out, I usually end up like hermiting, kind of. Just yeah. you know, disappear for a while. You know watch some shows listen to music just kind of be away from people and try to recharge from that because um i'm a little introverted so too much of you know being around people big groups or being overly outgoing and i'll get really drained and the only way to like backfill that is to go spend some time like Mm -hmm. just with not much happening I think uh, for me, one of the kind of signs for me that I've burnt out or that I'm burning out is the idea that I'm too tired to spend time with people that I like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been so busy, you know, whether it's traveling or working or whatever, I get back and someone's like, hey, you know, we're having this get together. And one of the things I've been trying to build in my life is intentional community with people. I haven't had that in a long time. And then I'm too tired to actually experience it. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to protect myself. But at the same time, like, now I have no reason to complain anymore about not having community when I'm actively saying no to it. Um, so I realize like that's one of the symptoms for me. The other thing is I start to forget little things in all of the different things that I'm doing. Um, and, and things start slipping through the cracks and I go, oh, I've probably taken on too much. <laughs> I need to refocus or take a step back. And, yeah. and so I think that's, those are some of the things. So um, there's another thing I think that causes burnout. This is more to the leadership side, though it does happen in the volunteer end as well. And it's the idea that when, as you get more involved in ministry or in, you know, in any industry, you start to see the ugly stuff behind the curtain. You start to see um, the way things run, the way decisions are made, or you start to realize like you, it wasn't as, as open to suggestion as you thought it was. Turns out the suggestion box was the fireplace. And you realize like, oh, this is not what I, this is not what I thought. This is actually much worse or this is ugly, I don't agree with this, this thing seems unethical, whatever. And that caused us to be, to say like, no, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Like I'm burnt out on the church politics. I'm burnt out on the backstabbing. I'm burnt out on the arguments, that kind of thing. Um, How do we respond when you see behind the curtain and anything that you've seen, you know, how did you respond to that? Well, I think it's important, like when I've seen that type of thing, you're like, you have to take a step back and reevaluate which you're probably going to do anyway just by seeing something that like that takes you by surprise like that but it's always like you have to think through it and then realize that yeah it's not what you thought it would be but also like there's different parts to you too that aren't really what people think when they first meet you too like the more you get to know someone or like an organization something like that the more you see like 
the less perfect parts because you try to put your best face forward you know yeah especially with projects when you can like perfect things more so because you can say we're only going to show it if it's like this once we get it the way we want and so the less good or polished parts you know kind of get hidden until they're ready but once you get past that and see behind the curtain you see the parts that aren't ready yet Mm -hmm. and that still need to be dealt with yeah and it can be easy to isolate those things and see that as what's the finished like you because you're you you may come into the process midway through the development of something and someone mm-hmm. may have suggested something a bad idea or like it may be every good idea started probably as some weird bad idea or came across or, or at some point in the journey there was a decision that was against what it originally was or something and there was a crossroads where the team had to go mm-hmm. now this isn't either this is new, the new direction we're going or we need to you know turn around and 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 head the right one and if you come into the journey in the middle of that process, you may think that that, you know, this is really bad. You came in at a bad time. Mm-hmm. Like literally, that's what it's that's what it ends up being. And so you isolate that instead of seeing the entire experience and understanding that everything we do as humans is a journey, including the ideas that and the initiatives that we create. And that is a process that gets messy. Um, we disagree and we argue a lot. So, yeah, I, I think reevaluating and getting some perspective is big. Uh, Taylor Swift said something that was rather profound once. She said, people are people. I love that you said once. She said something profound once. No, (laughs) not what I meant, but that's fine. (laughs) No, people change. People are fluid. People are people. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect. And as much as that is not something that we want to hear when stuff is going through, I'm a pastor's kid. So not only from the pastor's position, but from the position of a child, I got to see the good, the bad, and the very ugly. Mm. And... I think to a degree it desensitized me a little bit, but also my dad was a cop, so I'm used to seeing the ugliest of ugly in people, at least being aware of it. And so when you come to a church, you're going to have, we have fallen humanity, it's just, I kind of have a nihilistic perspective, I guess, on this, people are people and they're going to be bad and horrible sometimes, and we just have to suck it up and deal with it. But I think when it's affecting your spirituality, that's where the crossroads come in, that's where it can be really detrimental. And I think, too, you're not saying, like, we just accept that people are bad and we just let them get away with being bad. No. Um, but it is just accepting. I think the the big lesson that I had to learn was to stop holding um, stop holding my leaders as basically stop idolizing them. Yeah. And you definitely. don't realize you're idolizing them. Like, you never idolize someone intention. Like, some people do. But you never realize <laughs> that's what you're doing when it comes to, like, your pastor or you just expect them. You just start expecting them to be a certain way. Yeah. And... Um, what ends up happening? So let's take the case of um, like Bill Hybels in the yeah. Willow Creek Church in in Chicago. All right, when when all this stuff started coming out about his history of sexual harassment, people started jumping to his defense. His members did because they said, "Oh, well, he he's the one who baptized me. Like he's the reason yeah. that I believe in Jesus. There's no way he would be capable of this." That's what you hold them in such a high regard. You start to believe that people are either only good or only bad, and there is no crossover. Good yeah. people, but good splitting. people do bad things. It's a psychological thing, actually. It is, yeah, it yeah. is entirely possible for you to be a good person and do bad things, and vice versa. Um, I can think of like criminals tend to be, you know, a mother or a father as well in, in occasions, and they feed their kid every day, and then they go and rob a bank at night. Like they did something good and bad in the same day. Um, yeah. I, th- that's oversimplifying it, but that's the, no, not, not too much, but a friend, a friend of mine, <laughs> um, a friend of mine says it, said it this way. He's like, um, learn to hold your leaders in loose regard. 
and just let them be people. Let humans be humans. Yeah. And let you and because you also need to give yourself permission to be human. Yeah, exactly. So we we often hold them, we idolize them because we we are putting a we're projecting what we hope we could be onto them. Yeah. And when they fail that, we go, oh well, then there's no hope for me. I think it's something that's really important. We still hold them to standards, and so part of part of responding would be with always allowing them to be human but also when there's something that needs to be said say it yeah i it's it it goes both ways um if there's something be needs to be reported report it but also i mean that's not this part where you say with something like that bad that's not the part where you say well people are people let's just let it go that's the point you say okay people are people but we still need to be held to standards and that's the point where you take action and i think that's something that learning the balance of those things and and yeah not holding your leaders too, too high in regard but keeping them standards at the same time like it's a very fine balance i think we all have to learn yeah i would agree with that um luke any thoughts on anything you've seen behind the curtain any any time that you've had to recoil or reevaluate um it's kind of going off of what both of you were saying like when you see people like you're saying we do tend to hold people in leadership positions up on a pedestal but and then or like say they're really bad like there's no in between most of the time with people but really there is and it's like a scale like if for example think like a light switch either on or off but there's also like dimmer switches and Mm -hmm. people are more like dimmer switches because there's different like levels kind of Mm -hmm. but also at some point it is on and it is off Mm -hmm. but there's definitely the in between and that's where people live is in the in between yeah I'm picturing you like Forrest Gump sitting on a bench and just like, people are like a dimmer switch. Instead of life is people like are a like a dimmer switch. You never um, know what you're going to get. But no, that's a great analogy, and I would agree with that for sure. So um, in in the interest of what burnout causes you to do is say that it is is really question whether or not you should stay involved, oh, yeah. right? So that's what burnout Sometimes it, it makes you want to Sometimes it can cause you to question the away. church altogether. Yeah, exactly. Your faith, everything. Yeah. And so when we talk about burnout, of course, behind the curtain is a part of that. But the other part of that is doubt. Mm-hmm. You can suffer burnout because you've been putting off doubt. You've been putting off the questions of your faith that you've had for years or for months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And because you've thought you've been afraid of them, maybe like I know there are questions for me that I was like, well, I'm studying to be a pastor or I'm studying to, to go into ministry. And I have this serious question and I'm afraid that if I study it and don't end up back where I am now, then it's going to throw everything out of whack. I mean, there are literal counseling and, and therapy groups for pastors deconverting. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's such a traumatic experience. You lose everything if your beliefs change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's there's fear in, in, in dealing with some of those doubts, and that can cause burnout because you haven't actually addressed a real need to answer those questions. So here's the question that I have. In, in, the, in the interest of you know, trying to seek answers and ask questions, if someone's in a church position, volunteer or otherwise, how can they earnestly seek answers you know, and authentically seek answers Without others around them, you know, accusing them of saying like, oh, no, you can't be in this position. You can't do this if you're wrestling with this doubt. Or, you know, how do we create an environment where seeking those answers is okay? I feel like as the person asking the question, it's important, like, to show that you're not just asking, expecting someone to just drop the answer in your lap. Like, be looking for the answer actively, not just asking the question and, you know, okay, I hope someone gives me the answer. Like, you know, be digging into it, researching, whatever it may be, if you have a question or, you know, how to do something, something like that, like be looking into it, but it's okay to ask, but like 
if you're showing that you have a plot like an idea of what you might need to do if you have like a problem you're trying to fix if you have an idea for a solution it might be the wrong one but showing you thought to make one is a big step mm, that's huge i think learning who you can ask is important um finding people you can trust like for me i'm really 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 blessed and lucky that we have a ministerial director here in carolina that i feel like i can trust pretty implicitly and finding people even if you're a pastor even if there's people in your church i happen to deeply love the people over 75 in my churches because they have nothing left to lose like they're literally going to tell you their ideas of everything i love how yeah i love how blunt that that they, they can be and yeah. so going to them being like look this is what i'm struggling with First of all, they most likely have struggled with it before. They have years of experience. Yeah. And then secondly, they don't they're not they don't care. Like I mean, they do care but they don't. It's not like they're going to run around being like, "Well, the leader, the pastor said they don't care." And they're just going to give you their honest opinion and they're I don't know, they're good to mm -hmm. talk to. So so finding people like that that you can trust and do yeah. have the wisdom or have gone through before, that's pretty much my number yeah. one advice, I guess. I think I think the way we ask the questions matters. And I think there's this tendency. Depending on the person, yeah. Yeah, there, there's there's this tendency for, um, for people to get like for young people, especially if you're a teenager or in the early young adult years, there's this kind of expectation that you're going to be a rebel, right? Yeah. And so if you ask a question, people may take that as you're just challenging to challenge. Yeah. And well, we've already, you know, we've had these beliefs for years, and people have studied these for thousands of years. Like you should, you just need to buy into it, right? Yeah. Um, it's not like we just created these out of thin air one, you know, yesterday, and mm -hmm. you need to question them. So I think state the way you ask the question of saying like, Hey, I'm really wrestling to understand this, and um, I need I need some help. I need to know where to go. I'm not. It's not that I disagree, but I just don't know, and I want to know. I want to understand more. Can you help? I think I I, I don't want to say that I'm blaming someone who may have been mistreated by someone they asked a question to, but at the same time, we can all learn to articulate our questions better. And yeah. um, I think I think that the way we ask and the way we state our motivations is really important. I'm kind of I'm kind of over, um, I, I, I tend to overshare, shocker, um, <laughs> but it's because I don't want anyone to question or say like, oh, you're just, oh, so you're implying this or that. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, I'm I, over that. I give caveats. Yeah. Like, so many caveats. <laughs> like editor's note in this conversation. <laughs> Every uh, sentence. Yes. Um, so yeah, I Footnote. think that's, I think, um, and I think also the other side of that is accepting that yes, there's risk in seeking answers and you may end up finding an answer that you don't like oh yeah but i don't think that the i, I think that the nature of faith and, and a transformational relationship with jesus christ is that it would transform you which means there has to be something that changes and transforms exactly. if you read the bible and you automatically agree with everything you see in there a if you agree with everything you see in there <laughs> like there's some things you shouldn't agree with. Just go read the book of Judges for five minutes um, and you'll find some stuff that you should not just be like, oh, yeah, I endorse that wholeheartedly. Um, but then there's um, and there's stuff that, you know, you do need to eventually be able to agree with, but you may not now. And there's a journey to get there mm -hmm. and accepting that. Yeah, there's some things that I'm probably not going to like off the bat. Um, so I think we've hit three different areas of burnout and I'm and I'm really grateful for. Um, us being able to do so. I don't hear these three talked about a whole lot, um, but any words of encouragement or final thoughts to someone who's in the burnout stage, who's feeling it and just can't, doesn't know how they can go on right now? Just one. Don't put pressure on yourself to figure it all out mm -hmm. as soon as possible. Take your time. 
if you have to live a double life, do it, honestly, while you're figuring out. If you have to go and perform at church, okay, I'm going to go preach, but I have all these major questions at home, and you need to do that within, you know, obvious, appropriate boundaries. Take the time. Step step to the side. Figure things out, and don't pressure yourself to get back in the seat, like, right away. Mm-hmm. True, true. Yeah, I agree with that. You have to make sure to take time and, you know, figure things out. Obviously, you've got some responsibilities you have to work and keep doing. Exactly. But, like, you can't pour from an empty cup, as the saying goes. So you have to take time to yeah. refill. I think I think there is a balance of, you know, keeping and, you know, keep on keeping on and, yeah. and do what you need to do. But at the same time, um, if you do need to refocus and say, hey, I need a break. Exactly. And you can ask for a break. You're saying, I'm not quitting. I just really need to to you know take a step back real quick this is why i love with a lot of our positions in churches like there are assistant treasurers to treasurers and things like that like there's a time to take a break and take a step back the church will go on without you your organization your workplace does not need you and if you stop going tomorrow they'll keep moving forward they may be upset for a bit they may trip yeah but like yeah they 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 may they may um get a little angry for whatever reason but they'll keep going um, I think we also, we put too much pressure on ourselves and we think that it all hinges on us and we, we make ourselves more important than we're, we're out to be. And I'm not saying you don't matter, but you probably don't matter as much as you think. As far as like responsibility. Yes, as like. far as responsibility. And um, so take a breather, take a step back and take care of yourself because um, the, if the church does need you, they need you at your best, not, not your worst. Um, so... Um, to anyone who's burnt out, um, I would encourage you take the space that you need, put the boundaries Definitely. in your life that you need, and rest and recover. Pray and and ask the questions that you need to ask. And thank you to Luke and Casey for being here. And if you want to check out more Echo content or more young adult content from the Carolina Conference, head on over to theprojectrefresh.org. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Echo. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay up to date with new episodes as we release them, and for more awesome content from Project Refresh, a ministry of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. And don't forget to like and leave a comment.